You're listening to the private podcast for The Matrix with Amber Smith. Well, today's just going to be the Q&A slash hot seat. So basically, whatever you want to ask me, whatever's coming up for you, let's do it. (laughs) So anything immediately come to you that you want to bring up? I can, yeah, I can Lisa, let's you. go. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like in the middle of writing copy for the website yeah. rebrand that I'm doing. And I just am going painstakingly slow yeah. on the whole process and loving some part of it being accurate and thoughtful. But for example, today I was writing some copy that I've been like procrastinating on forever for the podcast intro trailer. And I just make things so complicated in terms of like complexity. Like, let's just make something so complex. Then then I just have to spend my time worrying about how complex it is versus moving forward with things, right? So that's the place I'm at. And I am getting through it. I just feel like it's such a more taxing way of getting things done that it could be. Yeah, I think on our one-on-one, you were talking about how you had these long documents of everything that relates to copy (laughs) and anything that you could think of, anything that inspired you, you kept a list and then you were going through it to make it simple from the complexity. Right. But it's just like, I have to start from the complexity when I use my method, (laughs) which is what ultimately is like feeling like my feeling in my head is like full of things. And then I don't even know if because of this confusion or like just filling out of my brain that I'm even the most clear and effective and like cutting through everything to talk about the most important things because it's more like the angle of I don't want to forget everything that's important rather than what is important that I want to say it's just like two different places and what I'm curious about is who are you thinking of when you're writing this copy I mean, I'm thinking about the people, for example, for the podcast intro, I'm going to listen to that, but I'm thinking about them from the perspective of what can I not miss in this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is very bad. It's like, I, I get, say not I get it. And sometimes I get stuck in this too, because especially for one-on-one, right? You talk about everything and anything that comes up, but that's not necessarily helpful. I always think of the pure potentiality of a client. So someone I don't know, someone who I'm imagining versus someone that I know mm-hmm. helps me get into the simplicity. So, and also you- I think I'm looking at like, angles of like, I don't want to be too much of this or too much of the opposite of that. It's not, at least in the way I perceive it, it's not, oh, I want everybody to like me, but it's just like making sure I'm not too extra on one way or another or too swinging on one side. It's almost like you're trying to control how people think of you. Yes, (laughs) probably. Yeah. But it's just like like sneaky in the way that I don't catch it necessarily, right? Yes, it is very sneaky and it feels productive even. It's like, you know, this is me working on my business. I'll be making sales from all this work. And what I want to ask is instead of who do you want them to perceive you as is how do you want to show up regardless of what other people think? How do you want to show up? Who do you want to be in your business? The first thing that came to mind is just confident and decisive, which is the opposite of what I'm being right now. I'm feeling like I'm more thoughtful in the tentative way right now. Just, oh, let me make sure I review all my notes versus, no, I could show up with a mic today and I would just be confident, decisive or, yeah, it's totally trying to manage everybody's thoughts. 
Yeah. yeah. Which is which funny because I bet you, coach, I, I bet you coach people on this exact thing about how of we course. Thoughts. all the time. Yeah. And it's funny because I went through a similar process with the conscious coach podcast and I was just like, I'm just going to say you're listening to the conscious coach podcast <laughs> and mm-hmm. then that's it. I'm not going to try to explain what I am, what I do, because it is complex. What we do is mm-hmm. complex. And so what's the simplest thing I can say? Mm-hmm. This is my name. This is the name of the podcast. <laughs> that yeah. was my solution. I don't I don't know if that will be your solution. No, no. I mean that's um, actually yeah, that's actually helpful because I guess maybe the conception is I try to put into a paragraph more than can fit into a paragraph. Like you cannot yes. possibly put everything you do with your client, everything you help them with. Yep. And so it's more like knowing that I would never be able to convey it all in a paragraph. Yes. What feels like the most important to say. Yes. And then it doesn't even matter what you say because it's just the tip of the iceberg to you. This is something like, it depends on who I'm talking to, but when people ask me what I do, I tried to have that one liner or the paragraph and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't fit in this. I do so many things. And so then it depends on who I'm talking to, right? If I'm talking to a coach, they're going to get when I say I'm a life and business coach. If I'm talking to someone who has no idea, I just say I coach online. Like I coach people on their life or something. I just keep it very broad. And then if people want Mm -hmm. to know more, I give them more. Or if people want to learn more without talking to me, they listen to all my content online or they follow me on social media. So I'm like, what if we didn't go like complex or simple? What if we went intriguing? What would intrigue them? They don't get the Mm. full picture, but I really like you do future self stuff. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's one of the things that I naturally love to do. Yeah. Just giving a little sentence of being intriguing, uh, teasing more than explaining. Because, for example, I was able to put out uh, a page up, right, of the new website, just a sales page for a service. And I did it, right, with my thoughtful method, right, after (laughs) days of writing. (laughs) And then the other day, I just went inside there and asked myself, how can I make this more intriguing? How can I make it sexier, right? Mm -hmm. How can I take the balanced copy and just like spice it up a little bit more. Yep. And that's totally what I did. So I get what you're saying with the intrigue, you know, the flavor of it. Yes. Make it. But you're not trying to tell them everything that you do. It's more of a hook. Do you want to know more versus let me tell you everything that I do. And then there's no curiosity because they're like, oh, okay, this is everything that you do. Yeah. And also because I'm working with different ways of describing this, and this is why I have a lot of content and I'm thinking, what if I could just choose one of those and then use the other ones in other places? I could yeah. totally use the other sentences in other places and the posts and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think it's just that concept of it's enough that I have a very hard time getting to. Like it's enough in general. Like it's enough. Everything. Yes. Enough is a decision. Yeah. I think we're going to like stumble on it. I mean, today you could decide that everything that you've done is enough and call it good if you wanted to. But I think yeah. deciding ahead of time what is enough is going to be really key to get out of this zone of like basically self-constructed hell where you're like in the middle, but you're unwilling to actually put it out there or to make it visible or public, which is the hardest part. And guess what? That doesn't have to be forever. As soon as you make it public, you can iterate. It's not like you're locked in forever, but I think you're hiding in the online, like, yeah, in the process, in your own decision making, so that no one has to, t- yeah. like, you don't have to endure anyone saying anything about it. Yeah. No, but I think what you were saying earlier about approaching it not as like simple or complex, but like more intriguing is really mm-hmm. 
for me the key because I can see that when I try to juggle all of the balls, this has to be about life enough and about business enough and it has to feel like bold enough, but also, I don't know, warm enough. Like I'm just trying to balance all of these concepts that I'm thinking about. Yeah. And at the end, you have a Frankenstein copy of sorts where yeah. it doesn't have an identity. It just has like a balancing act. Yes. And so if I think about it more, like what is the juiciest way to say something important? What is the sexiest way to say something important? I feel it, that's what would completely shift this for me. Yeah. And you can I try did. it. And if it doesn't fit, toss it. But I think that it's worth experimenting with. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have those moments where I just have a sentence or something that wants to come out and it will have that quality of like, mm, I cannot wait to have people read this. So, yeah. Totally. Thank you. Yeah. And all of this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think that was really helpful for me. It's like, oh, they get it after they're in my world. And that's hard. So what we share at the tip of the iceberg has to be compelling enough for them to say, I want to know more, but how can I explain everything that I do in a, like a single sentence or even a single sales page for one-on-one? I just want to hook yeah. you so that you want to know more. And that's yes. all I can do. Versus I will solve every doubt you have in your mind with 25 yeah. pages of copy, you mean? <laughs> that's what we do. And see, my approach is that's what we do in our mm -hmm. content, right? Yeah. I'm yeah, helping I you shift in each post. I'm helping you think differently in every podcast episode. My body of work is the bottom of the iceberg, right? But I need mm -hmm. you to be at least interested enough to like read one of my posts, listen to one of my podcast episodes, and so then the copy mm -hmm. becomes a pull into the world, not necessarily let me make sure you know everything about me before you listen to a single piece mm -hmm. of content that doesn't serve, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. It's just I want to feed you like the whole meal at the same time instead of just giving you an appetizer and yeah, yeah. Especially it's your one-on-one -on -one copy that you're writing, right? No, is it that like intensive I'm rewriting all of the copies so I have the about page I have really like everything to rewrite and yeah. I have that raw material to extract something from but yeah it's helpful to think because I want to be saying certain things but I can totally say them in some other content yeah versus like yeah everything on yes it's not trying to yeah. say everything um, yeah. because like this I always think of like Brendan Burchard or Tony Robbins people who are like Ed Milet, very well-known coaches, they don't have a niche. If you looked at their website, this is just mm -hmm. the tip of the iceberg. What they're actually known for is out in the world, in their books, in their content, in their courses. And so when you read their homepage, they don't have a one-liner It's the bullet points of their life. And there's lots of different things. It's not like one thing, but it's not also, let me tell you everything about who I am so that you have no doubts about me. It's, hey, this mm -hmm. is what I did. This is what I am. This is what I stand for. These are my thoughts. This is my like framework. Mm -hmm. Click here to draw my yeah. email list. <laughs> I also think like part of the, what makes things hard is just like when I, sometimes I'm not even like a hundred percent crystal clear on exactly how to word my work or just like your body of work changes over time too. So it's almost like in one month, I'm thinking I'm more about this concept and the other month is like, yeah, this concept, but also these other two, right? And so- it's even like trying to take a moving photograph. Yes. It is hard by definition. Yes. So I just need to think about what's really going to stay, what's important. And that is what makes it to the pages. And, yeah. and recognize that it's not everything. Your relationship with the people is more important, especially if you're doing like one-on-one -on -one work. 
I never mm-hmm. rely on a sales page to do that for me. It's mm-hmm. like a conversation yeah. over time. It's a relationship built over time. That's what signs one-on-one. And so I think the website is a good home base, but it's not everything. And right. in fact, you could do it without it if you wanted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That feels hard. <laughs> no, but, but I think what I'm thinking is I want to turn these pages into Instagram, like highlights or something yeah. like that will operate like a website, even though people are not necessarily on the website, like mm-hmm. in a reduced version. So yeah. yeah, but I just have to be mindful that what happens in my brain and that I call wanting to give all the info is sometimes just like fear of being yes. misunderstood or not. Yes. Being and you, or... And like we talked about trying to control how they're going to perceive you. Yeah. If I just find the perfect sentence, they will never think yeah. I'm a bro marketer. Yeah, this one <laughs> sentence will you know? make them want to pay tens of thousands of dollars no, nope. there's no one, one sentence. sentence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So maybe you just catch yourself when you're looking for that one perfect way to say this. It's like, oh, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. Yeah. yeah. You got this. And just any will do. And then I can just move on. Yeah. And then you can move on. I'm yeah. going to finish this podcasting tonight. I, yes. I've already decided it's yeah. not going to go on to tomorrow. Right. That's a decision. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. That way you can get it out in the world. Way more important. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Linda. Ashley, did you have anything? So I am trying not to freak out that all of my clients are paid up. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for that. But I'm also like, hmm, I don't have any like income coming in February that I can plan on. Yeah. And that felt scary. This is assuming you do nothing. I think... That's the one thing that's cool about recurring revenue. If I do nothing, I still have these payments coming in, but you're an entrepreneur and you're not going to do nothing in the month of February. So what do you want to create? So I have created a new course. So I have cycle success that I released a year ago. Yeah. All about sex and your cycle. And I have revamped that and added additional information to that course to beef it up a little bit, because that's what I'm going to be presenting at a retreat this week. And so my plan was that I would then release it to everybody as a course for $127 or whatever. So I had that idea, release that in time for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I love that. I had that idea. And then I also have been thinking about the membership, but that feels scary too. That feels scary, period. Yeah. But then I'm also just because I have a client that's finishing today, a one-on-one client that's finishing today. I've got another one that will be finishing soon. So I would like to have some more one-on-one clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got like three different things that you're thinking about. <laughs> yes. It's not bad. Maybe a better question is what do you want to do first? I think that I want to, I want to focus on getting some new one-on-one clients and also releasing this new course for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I love it. How do you typically get one-on-one? Do you like announce that you're taking one-on-ones on your Instagram and then they sign up for a consult or something? Yeah, it's weird because I really enjoy selling. Like mm-hmm. I don't have any problem selling, but when it comes to one-on-one, I get nervous about it. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I'll just put like calls to action on my podcast and in my posts. Every now and then I'll write one out in my stories or whatever. Sometimes my one-on-one's will just come from anywhere. Yeah. And your one-on-ones aren't renewing. You already know that. I don't know that. We haven't talked about that. Interesting. When do you typically have that conversation? 
in the last day? Honestly, yeah. Like I, I don't have that conversation. So maybe we could talk well, about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice knowing you. I feel like Bye-bye. that's like the sweet spot for coaches is like renewals and referrals. But I have that renewal conversation a few weeks before we end. What are you thinking? You know, we have three weeks left. What are you thinking about our work together? Do you feel like complete? Do you want to keep going? What What are you thinking? And sometimes they're like, I don't know. Can I get back to you? I'm like, sure. And then other one's like, oh, I'm totally renewing or no, I'm actually joining this mastermind. It's just so that I know how to end. I think I learned this because there was a, someone I coached, this was years ago and I really wanted her to renew, but I chickened out. So on the final call, I was just like, let me know if you need anything. <laughs> and that's not being a powerful coach, right? Not leading the conversation. Even if she was a no, I should have asked her directly because I think, that's what they need from us. They need us to feel the leadership energy more than they're going to lead it because they're not. So food for thought, you don't have to do it that way, but I think your clients want you to lead either way. Even like one of the calls that I do sometimes is like, a, okay, we're complete. Like, let's have a celebration call. Let's like reflect on all the work that we've done. I think you should give them the opportunity to renew. Okay. So today, you know, with one of my clients being literally her last session. Yeah. How Does she know you... it's her last session? Uh-huh. Okay. And you just said it's your last session. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I, I'm pretty sure she knows that it's her last session because we talked about it last time, two weeks ago, three weeks ago or something. Mm-hmm. And so I think that my thought is like, oh, she's not gonna want to rename. Yeah. Oh, like she's over this, you know. But look and how so powerful your like... thinking is. Yeah. You were complete in the relationship and you have no idea how she feels you like put that on her, but with your thinking, what if you ha- really had the belief that like, she does want to renew? Does that feel believable? Kind of. I can think of like clients where it's, yeah, that's absolutely true. Have you had clients renew before? I don't think so. Do you believe that there's a, that they would want to given, I know that you have like a different niche than me, but do you feel like there's room for them to benefit from renewing with you? There's always work to do. Yeah. Do you want them to renew is another question. Some of them. Yeah, this is good to know, right? I don't offer renewal to everyone if I don't actually think it, one, it'll benefit them or two, it's not a good fit. But if I want to renew, I'm, I feel comfortable saying that I'd love to keep working with you. What do you think? I'm offering lots of different ways, like different angles to have this renewal conversation because I think it's an untapped part of your business. That way you don't have to always re-sign one-on-one clients. She is an entrepreneur herself and we've been talking about cyclical business Mm -hmm. recently Mm because she's like, I want to learn how to do that. And so we've been talking about it a little bit. So I guess I could use that as a, I can follow up with her on how that's going and then ask her. her Would you want to work on it one-on-one? Yeah. 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 Especially when it comes from love, they don't interpret it as like, oh, you just want my money. Yeah. It's not like that. Yeah. It's like, I see there's more work to do and they can say no. I think when you really come from love, it's okay if you say no and they, they know that, but I think giving them the opportunity to say yes to a renewal is really important for you. I mean, for everyone, but I think it could really open up this new way of being in your business will mm-hmm. just stay with you longer. Yeah. You said that you have the conversation about three weeks, like two to three weeks before we're done. So it's not this last session, it feels really awkward for me when I haven't had at least some type of communication with this person Yeah, because I want to lead, right? I want them to know that I can lead them to a powerful decision. That's what I do as a coach, right? I help them make a powerful decision either way. 
and I'm not attached to what they say. I just want them to know my end. I would love to keep working with you. And this is what I see for you. These are the options, right? This is what it could look like to keep working together. And if it's a no, that's okay. Tell me what's next. What are you going to do next? Let me know. Yeah. But I do like to give them the heads up too, that like, Hey, we only have a few sessions left. So it's Mm -hmm. not this abrupt Mm -hmm. end. Those are all my thoughts. You don't have to take any of them, but especially for one-on-one coaching, renewals and referrals are the best way in my experience to like have a stable one-on-one filled practice where you're not always selling it. Yeah. I'm just like trying to really hold the belief because they always come, but there's also like this very human part of me that's like, when are they coming? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to use your own tool against you. (laughs) So for all of you guys on this call, Ashley taught at this retreat and she talked about how during certain parts of your cycle, you have an inner critic and she flipped it on its head. It was so good that like your inner critic actually has wisdom for you. If you're willing to listen, maybe she's telling you the truth in maybe a mean way, but sometimes there's some wisdom there. Right. So Ashley, for you, it's like, if you're feeling fear and the worst thoughts are no one's going to come, what wisdom is there for you in this? Well played Amber, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do, I do think that I would like to be more courageous about offering. That's what I see too. And I don't know if it's because like it's high ticket. I mean, high ticket is relative, whatever, but I don't know if that's why it feels so salesy because I don't feel like that when I'm selling courses. And then also going back to what you and Lisa were talking about with like your niche and everything. I'm like, do I need to make my niche more like, am I too all over the place talking about inner seasons and then talking about hormone imbalance? And then are people confused on what I do? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's all related. I'm trying to think of an example, like a relationship coach talking about communication and sex and bedtime routines with the kids and Yeah. That's all related. Like, of course they're going to have different pillars, right? But it's all about relationships. That's how I feel about what you do. You're going to talk about hormones and appropriate exercise during certain times of your cycle. You're going to talk about your inner critic. You're going to talk about the four seasons. I'm like, yes, that all makes sense to me. Okay. And then there's part of me that's like, oh, well, it's easy for me to say like, oh, people are confused. That's why. Yes. You know, (laughs) because then it's like putting it on everyone else. Yep. But I don't have people bombarding my DMs saying like, how do I work with you? How do I get a consult with you? Or people ask me questions and I, (laughs) okay, that's, I guess I think I just want to offer that because I think there's this almost like this fake idea that when you get a certain level, like every day I have DMs overflowing with people wanting to work with me. And that's not how it is. I have a steady trickle and that's, what I can rely on. And I think I might be at a different phase because I am like fully booked in one-on-one. So it's a little bit of a different process, but Mm -hmm. I think the same thing applies where it's like one-on-one is about a relationship. I think that more people need to know this. One-on-one is built off of a relationship over time. And then there's a moment where they're ready to work with you. And that moment can happen fast. I think I've had people like find me and schedule a console and then we're working together within a few weeks. But for the Mm -hmm. most part, it's been this relationship over time where there comes a moment where they're ready. And you have people in your audience that are for sure like that. Yeah, yeah. I also want to point out that the response comes from action we take in our business. If you're not constantly selling one-on-one, but you expect people to constantly be asking you about one-on-one, 
we can see the disconnect, right? When's the last mm-hmm. time you talked about one-on-one for a week straight? Never. I think when I was trying to film my one-on-one, I did talk about one-on-one all the time because it was my favorite. I mean, it still is one of my favorite offers, but it's like the offer that I was trying to fill at the time. And so I talked about it and my call to action was a consult with me or a free coaching call with me or whatever I, I would say. But I think you want people's response. We have to know that you create people's response to you with your thinking. And if you've been mm-hmm. subtly suppressing talking about one-on-one, of course, they're subtly not talking about it in your DMs. That makes sense to me. Yeah, totally. Hey, I also want to offer, there's lots of ways to sell one-on-one. It doesn't have to be on Instagram stories. You're going to retreat this week. I get a lot of clients from speaking at retreats mm-hmm. because it's that one-on-one personal relationship that you build in person, like in person is really powerful. So I think you might consider like, wouldn't it be fun if I signed a client at the retreat this week? Wouldn't that be mm-hmm. cool? And you just play and then you go be your awesome self and you're talking and you're helping and you're answering questions and you're coaching or whatever. And you're in the back of your mind, you're also open to one of these relationships becoming your next one-on-one client. Doesn't even have to be on social media. Yeah. A lady approached me in my neighborhood and is like, I'm ready to work with you. Here's my check. Painful, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love so that So I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm like, go tell all your friends. Cause she, but that feels good to me to have a conversation with somebody in person or mm-hmm. like in the DMS, like in a natural yes. way, like and that, that might good. be a good signal for you, right? That like maybe selling in stories doesn't feel right because it's not right for you. But is that okay? <laughs> you asking me for permission or something? <laughs> I am. I want you to be like, yes, it's totally yeah, okay. I don't remember the last time I signed mm-hmm. one-on-one from like promoting it in my Instagram story. And I've signed one-on-one clients recently, but it hasn't come from like, I'm taking one-on-one clients. It comes from conversations and relationships with people. And so yes. you might just feel like that is your next iteration where what you sell on your social media is the lower ticket courses and the membership and people get into your world. And then you're having conversations and some of them become one-on-one clients and those people refer. Mm-hmm. And then they start renewing because that's the best part of coaching in my opinion. And so I think there's lots of different ways. I think you had it in your mind, like, okay, I'm going to do the make it rain sequence for one-on-one or something like that. What what if you didn't have to? I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It feels really good to think about just keep doing what I'm doing as far as like selling my courses and my stories and like creating relationships with people and like at the retreat and everything. Like, I love that. Like, that's totally me. That feels so much better to me. Oh, I, I can breathe. Yeah. Cause I don't have to be in my stories being like, sign up for a console. I can still yeah. put call to action in my posts mm-hmm. and stuff, but I don't have to. And I think you still can if you want. I don't think it's bad to talk about yeah. your one-on-one. I just think it's not the for only sure. way to sign one-on-one clients. The other thing I was thinking is you could do a whole podcast episode on like what it's work with me one-on-one. And that could be, yeah, like, I could like bring on be an one amazing of my clients of or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that would be really valuable content for people. You could even make a post, not about selling one-on-one, but like why people would or find themselves wanting a one-on-one coach for their health and menstrual cycle, like goals or ambitions, right? Like the things they want, why one-on-one coaching is powerful that way. Cause I, I like that. Cause some people don't know that that's an option and we forget that as coaches, we think everyone knows one-on-one coaching is available, but a lot of people yeah. don't even know it's an option. 
And so creating That's posts that educate them how to know you're ready for a one-on-one coach. What kinds of things are you experiencing that would make sense to hire a one-on-one coach? And it's not, it's funny because it's selling your coaching, but it's actually really educational for our clients to read through that sometimes. It's like, oh, I didn't even know I was a good fit for one-on-one coaching. We think it's all yeah. because we're not good enough. <laughs> and really what's going on is they don't even know that it's a possibility for them, that it would be useful for them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Awesome. Lots of, thank lots you. Lots of ideas for you. Thanks, Ashley. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Kaylin, you want to come on? Sure. I'd awesome. Do you have anything I can support you? I mean, I got a boxer from you. We can talk about that. If yeah. You want. We can talk about anything. I don't really have a specific question in my mind. For those of you who are watching, I am shifting out of courses and education into one-on-one. I'm trying to decide how stark that shift is. <laughs> if I like want to keep offering my courses or just not at all. I've started out coaching Etsy businesses and helping them go from a small less than six figure business to shifting out of handmade into a bigger name business because that's the path that I walked. And I'm a little fuzzy about what that looks like and about who I actually want to serve. And what I've learned in the last six months working with Amber is that I love the mindset work. I love the heart work. I love the spiritual work more so than just let's look at your Etsy conversion rate, which is what I have been doing for the last two years. And so it's a shift for me. It's a shift for my audience. I'm selling my product business right now, literally this week. <laughs> We're supposed to be okay. signing the dang papers to sell this business, which is crazy. And so as part of that, I'm kind of feeling like I don't really want to just help people grow their businesses. I want to help people feel good in the process of growing their business because I didn't for so long. It was so hard for me emotionally. And I didn't really have that emotional support that I wish that I'd had. And so I want to be the person who offers that to people. And so I'm in the middle of that pivot and shift of like, what does that look like? Who do I want to help? What kind of content do I create to help? That's what I just wrote down. The note that I made from you, Amber, is the people in my niche specifically, they have no clue what one-on-one coaching is. They don't know what happens on a one-on-one call. They don't know why they would want that. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of the content that I create for the next couple of weeks is just teaching people what it is, what they can expect, and if they would possibly be a good fit. I don't really know if I have any specific questions, but I just feel like I'm in the middle of figuring that all out. Yeah. I think that's, it's so good. So I was talking to my friend, some of you guys know Mark Butler at one of the retreats I was at, and he was talking about how there's going to be this opportunity for one-on-one coaches, because as programs get bigger and as more people start to scale, there's going to be people looking for one-on-one support. And that's why you can always be in business. And I really resonate with that at every level. And I think Part of your work, if you work with non-coaches, Caitlin, people who are in, maybe they know the self-help world, but they don't know one-on-one coaching is a thing. It's like available to them, right? That they are a good fit, a good candidate. (laughs) I think educational content about what one-on-one coaching is, is good. I think giving case studies, like examples of what people get coaching on is cool. Like what's possible, how you benefited from coaching what coaching is versus like strategic support that you're not crazy for struggling in the mindset, emotional area, even though you have all the strategic help, right? Who's supporting you in the mindset and the emotional, a life coach does that or a mindset coach, if that's the word that resonates. But I think it's awesome that you see that your content needs to start talking specifically and directly about it. Yeah. I'm waiting until we sign the papers on this business so I can announce that I'm selling the business because I feel like that's going to create a lot of natural hype, bring people back to me a little bit like, oh, I remember Kaylin. And then putting some of this content on the back end of that, like, hey, 
this was my experience in the last six months of selling my business. I'm so grateful I had a life coach to take me through that process because otherwise it would have been even more of a dumpster fire. And I love that you use that word too, about, dumpster fire. <laughs> yes, we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah a lot of people resonate with that. Totally. So that's my game plan. As soon as we can close on this, I can announce this and then sort of move into the shift. Yeah, I and think, yeah, I think that's my goal is to fill for the first time ever, I can actually have a one-on-one coaching calendar and actually fill it. So I feel like I'm brand new to this whole thing about how to sign clients, how to fill spots, how to be fully booked. Yeah. So there's two different, well, there's multiple approaches, but it's not that you can't sell one-on-one like you would sell a course. You can, and I know people that do, but what I've found is my one-on-ones usually trickle in from relationships over time. And that's the frustrating, I think, part people want it to be like, when you offer a course and you have a cl- open and closed cart, you get a specific number of people. And I think we right. want one-on-one to be like that, but for most people, it's not <laughs> right. It is so relationship based. And so I think you get to explore what you want it to look like. Do you want to sell it? Like where you're talking about it on your stories. Do you want to sell it more? Like you're having conversations with people. Do you want to make sure both, maybe you experiment. I guess I want to validate your fear that like, it is different. I do think it's a little different than selling a course. Yeah. It does any certain way resonate with you? Because you've already signed some clients. It's not like you've yeah. never clients before. Right. No, there's not really a certain way that resonates with me. I want to just try it all because it's just new to me. Maybe here's one question that I have for you. When you go to a networking event or a retreat and you say, and people say, so what do you do? And you're like, I'm a life coach. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like in that conversation, like just me saying that, I don't want them to feel like I'm trying to pitch them on being my client. How do you tastefully create that relationship without them feeling like she wants to talk to me because she's a life coach? Yep. I assume no one will hire me. I know that sounds weird. I'm open to it, but I don't assume specific people will hire me. So when people ask me what I do and I say, I'm a life and business coach and they go, oh, Well, I think it's different because most people at specific retreats that I spoke at knew who I was and knew what I I did. So they would come to me and say, can I pick your brain about something? Can I ask you about this? Mm -hmm. And I would be like, sure, that's why I'm here. But I never assumed because we had this conversation, you're going to pay me money. That was never my intent. My relationships are non-transactional. In fact, that's why they feel safe talking to me is because they know Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sell them. And like, I think the process, have you read The Prosperous Coach yet? The book? I haven't read it yet. You, no, now is the perfect time. Now is the perfect <laughs> time. I resonate with that approach a lot because when I meet someone and they say, you know, what do you do? I don't look at this as like, I got to close them. <laughs> I'm like, I want them to feel like this is an opening of a relationship and they might not ever hire me. And I'm good with that, but they might. And it's more of like this opening that you can trust me. I'm a trustworthy person. I actually want to help. I don't need you to sign with me. Is always my vibe. And so you're not like trying to calculate what to say. You're just helping. Right. There's a networking event next week that I want to go to just in Utah County where I'm at. And it's kind of like, well, I want to go. But like when they ask me what I do, normally I would say, oh, I I have a product business, Poppy C Play. But now it's like, by that point, I won't have a product business anymore. So I will say I'm a business coach or I'm a life coach for business owners. Yeah. Or I'm a a life and business coach. That's what I said. A life and business coach. And so I think a lot... In the business owner world, the product business owner world has been underserved in yes, coaching. I like, know that a lot of product business owners don't know this is even a thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in my head, like, oh, they hear that. They're going to think 
oh, she's here because she wants to find clients where they probably don't even realize what I do. (laughs) And so I'm just trying to like, but yeah, absolutely. I want to show up in a way where they don't feel that. If you don't bring it, if you don't have those assumptions, they won't because it all depends on our intention, right? And if they do, that's not your business anyway. If they think you're being salesy, Mm -hmm. they probably just think everyone is salesy and that's their thought. And it has actually nothing to do with you. And so all you can do is regulate your own thoughts and emotions while you're at the networking, which for you, I know you, you're going to want to help. You're going to want to love people. You're going to want to meet people. And I think this might be helpful for you. If we went to Kaylin before, let's say before Poppy Seed Play became a six-figure business, well, you were like hustling. You went to a networking event and someone was like, what do you do? And you talk about Poppy Seed Play and they're like, cool. What do you do? And they're like, I'm a life coach for business owners. Would you be like... Oh, don't sell me. Don't sell me. (laughs) Or would you be like, what? Tell me more. What is that? that? What do you do? And not because you want to hire, but you're just curious. That's the kind of relationship I think that most people start with their clients. This is what I do. And I don't know if it's for you, but this is what I do. Yeah. That's good reminder. Because the opposite of this is that you're going to be a blessing in people's lives. That you're actually like an answer to prayer. That you are actually someone that they're looking for. Right. We think we're being silly, but what if it's the opposite? Exactly. That was a thought that I just had. If someone had showed up at a business event and said, oh, I help business owners with their mindset, I would have been like, can I hire you? Like, exactly. <laughs> on the spot. I help just... business owners who feel like they're a dumpster fire secretly. <laughs> yeah. I help them yeah. not feel like that. Tell me more. How do I work with yeah. you? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And it's just the opening. Yeah. Okay. Like, Flip it on its head. What if it's not, you're going to turn people off? What if they're looking for you? Maybe they don't know that. I assume five assumptions of deep coaching. The first one is that everyone is suffering and in pain in some way. So when I go into every relationship like that, I'm looking for places I can help. You already do that. You're already a helper. So just go be you at these events. I like that. Anything else? Nothing's coming up right now. Yeah. Where is this event? Is it by where you live? You said in Utah County? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? It's an aura. It's a network that they built for women who sell products in markets. Okay. Why can't I think of the name of it? Female founder market. I think is what it's called. So they have markets every few months and they also have networking events. So a lot of them there are product businesses. So these are my people. Like I know how to help these people, but I don't want to show up and have them be like, but she doesn't have a product business. She's a business coach. So she's here to find clients, which like, I think that's all in my head. I don't think anyone would all in your head. actually like <laughs> piece those things together. And that's not, maybe that's the shift that I need to make is that maybe if I shift that in my head is like, I'm not here to find clients either. I'm here to just make friends and open relationships. Like you said, yep. I hope that I, something someday will materialize into relationship. Maybe it's not even with someone here, but like, I am trying to find clients. That's the truth. But maybe, yeah, maybe that needs to be the shift in my head. That's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm here. In general, you are open to signing clients, but that is not why you're at this place. I feel like product people are your people. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to gather with them. These are my people. (laughs) Yeah. Very different feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's like a whole new world. Um, Do you have a close date yet? Thursday. I thought it was today until oh, about an hour ago. I'm oh, going to Thursday. So hopefully okay, it's actually Thursday. 
but I think it really will be. Everyone is like tied up, just waiting on their financing to come through. So oh, awesome. Crazy. I'm so happy for you. And then you have all this space <laughs> to fill it with amazing. Yeah. Companies, you know? yeah. That's the goal. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Kaylin. All right. Anyone else have any questions or thoughts come up? Even if you've already been coached, it's okay. <laughs> Since it's just us. Yeah. I was thinking when you were talking about relationships for one-on-one and I was thinking like, can you give us some ideas of what it looks like to reconnect? I have some people that like either were clients or mm-hmm. knew me or were my students were more than my clients. And mm-hmm. as I'm like relaunching my website in February and I just want to connect, but I want to do it in a non-transactional way necessarily, but I also want to let them know like, Hey, like there's something new. Yes. So I'm just like feeling, yeah, unsure how to do that. Yeah. So I actually just had one of my other clients do this because she experienced a lull in her business. Lulls are normal. But one of the things that we talked about was opening space in her calendar for connection. She would call it a connection call, but what she did was basically offering past clients a coaching call. It's been a while. I love to offer a coaching call to clients, just almost like a maintenance session or whatever you want to call. Mm-hmm. You also have to be detached from them saying yes, because some people are going to say no, but some people are going to say yes. Yeah. I'd love to catch up. Yeah, I'd love to have nice. a free call with you. How does that feel yeah. to you? Even just like offering that for free feels great to me. Yeah. Just offering something that's just for giving purposes and not like, hey, how are you doing? No talk to you in two years. By the way, have you <laughs> have a look at my new sales page, right? Yeah. I, that feels like just awful. Yeah. Yeah. So a connection call could, yeah. I was planning yeah. on doing them anyway as part of my freebie. Like I have a quiz freebie and yeah. I was planning on recording a video to put under each result that if they wanted more info, we could have a 15, 20 minute call Yeah, just to take things deeper. So, yeah, I think free calls is a great way to do it. And especially if it's a personal invitation, I think they're way more likely to say yes. Like if they got either a text or an email from you and you're like, Hey, your name, I've been thinking about you. I'm opening up a few spots for some just free coaching calls. You're one of the first people that I thought of. If you'd like to book one, here's my link to book. Wouldn't you like to yeah. receive that from an old coach? Like I would, if it yeah. was done in the right spot. No, I, I guess I'm thinking more of people that were not necessarily clients, like those like, I can do it that Even way. But I'm thinking of like people that have not paid me, but I am a mentor in their mind or yeah. Oh, yeah. they were my students. So that's where I feel like I don't want to necessarily sell immediately. I just don't like that idea, but I could still offer them like. The free connection call. Yeah. Just human to human. Just like, hey, how are you doing? It's the best way to sell one-on-one, I think. It's like an actual conversation with someone that you want to talk to and that they would want to talk to you. Yeah. And I bet you have quite the list. I bet you could really fill your I have the list. The conversations. <laughs> I have the list, but this is why I'm hesitating because I don't want to exploit the list. You know what I mean? I don't want to be transactional with that. I just want to really just get from a good place. If it's true, if you're coming from service, you won't exploit them. Now, if like in the back of your mind, you're like, Ooh, like, I hope they pay me all this money. That's when it gets a little icky. Yeah. But I don't feel that from you. I feel like you really want to help. And it's fun to reconnect with people that you haven't talked to in a while. Yes, exactly. I feel like I've been like a hermit last year in so many ways. And just knowing that I could just reach somebody, send them like an invitation like that feels generous. Yeah. Do it. Okay. I will. If you have an empty calendar, fill it with conversations. That's the best use of your time. Yeah. Yeah. 
I have half of an empty calendar now, but yes, yeah, <laughs> I, I will fill it up. Yeah. yeah, I would do that. Yeah, awesome. Thank Thanks, you. Any other questions? Okay, have a great day. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.